What is up, everyone? Welcome to the Patio Slave Podcast. This is episode 21. The Patio Slave Podcast is officially old enough to drink with us, which is nice. And uh, it's July 31st, 2020. So we're moving along here in the summer. And I uh, just wanted to throw out our social media outreach. You can find us on Spotify, where uh, we, we're rocking some pretty heavy playlists from our episodes to kind of, you know, go back and jog our memory on those songs. Uh, Tone's doing some really cool videos on YouTube to kind of have a visual to our uh, our interviews and all of our segments and all our, our silliness, which is cool. And um, you can always find us on Twitter, kind of. Maybe we might be trolling here and there. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> Just any kind of engagement. You know, we're not, we're not canceling anyone or anything like that. And yeah, you can find us on all of those. If you want to send us an email, we're always looking for ideas and kind of some overall feedback. It's the Patio Slave Podcast at Gmail dot com. And uh, we want to do some shout outs too, right, Tom? Yeah, we had uh, an Instagram follower uh, in my dot headphones. Nice. Uh, he uh, he liked the the bandicap segment last week talking about the butthole surface. So thanks for listening and thanks for posting it today. That was that was cool to to be tagged in a photo today. So um, Instagram at Patio Slave, check us out there too. All right, yeah. Hey, I don't know about you guys, but I've been drinking the whole time. I didn't know we had to wait till twenty one. <laughs> Newsflash. <Well. laughs> Whoops! Don't tell anybody. Uh, all right. So the set list. Yeah, we got some. We got some. Uh, we got a decent amount of stuff to talk about tonight. Um, couple of uh, our, our artists that we are very into put some music out, new music, uh, new album announcements, stuff like that. Um, and then we have our live music update. We've got a lot of stuff in there today. I'm not going to give too much away right yet. Uh, and then another band that we're a uh, rap duo we're, we're into uh, has their own marijuana straight now, which is pretty cool. Mm. Right up Nate's alley with uh, what he does. So, uh, And then the segment tonight. I think we've settled on the, the name that Nate gave it, Band Vantage. So it's kind of the, again, the yin and yang from last week. Um, we had Bandicap, where we thought maybe that the name held some bands back. In this situation, it's uh, the name kind of elevates them or lends credibility or fits the band or fits the music perfectly. So that's the, uh, the segment tonight, the Band Vantage. Yeah, and the thing is, getting back to, and actually we'll segue right into it, but the uh, new music from Corey Taylor of Slipknot, Stone Sour fame, and Marilyn Manson also put out a single off his upcoming album. I don't know when it drops, but the interesting thing about that is they were midweek releases, right? Wasn't it Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah. Weird. W- w- which is crazy. I-, I doubt it was coordinated, which makes it even weirder. Yeah, that is strange. Actually, I remember because uh, I was driving da- back down from uh, NorCal, and I was like, oh, sweet, these just came out. I can you know, pull these up as I'm driving. So I wonder if there's some... Uh, some uh you know logic to that that it's midweek people are kind of busy you know carrying on their week and rather than it be a tuesday night or friday release yeah wednesday was weird um i mean I, it was cool i woke up wednesday morning had to drive down uh, about a half an hour away to work so i i tossed those on in the car i have thoughts uh, who wants to go first on on what they think about the Corey taylor songs hmm Twan? <laughs> you want me to go first <laughs> yeah, yeah go first all right so he dropped two songs yeah. almost like a what digipack single or something yeah Two songs, uh, Black Eyes, Black Eye Blues or Black Eyes Blue, Black Eyes Blue, Black Eyes yeah. Blue, mm-hmm. and then um, CMFT must be stopped. So I assume that's Corey Motherfucking yeah. Taylor must be stopped. Yeah. All right, here's my takes. The latter song, that CMFT song, it stunk. You it, didn't like it. I didn't oh, like it. Okay. All right. It was very WWE intro music, and and I think <laughs> there was actually a wrestler had a cameo in it i think i read that and also he has like a championship belt on mm-hmm. in the in the video yeah. the highlight of that song 
was uh, Tech Nine. Yep. Was Tech yep. Nine for me. And then on Black Black Eyes Blue, I thought that was a great song. Mm-hmm. I thought that was by far the better of the two songs. It it actually mm-hmm. reminded me of the choruses, reminded me of kind of like a Def Leppard layered vocals approach. And it reminded me of that uh, 18 Visions self-titled album where it was basically like a Def Leppard tribute where it was like <laughs> layered vocals. And I loved that album, but it reminded me just of, of, of that type of approach. I loved that song. CMFT, dude, I didn't. Not for me, dog. Who's that? Randy Jackson from <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. From uh, American uh, can Idol. I, can, I, yeah. can I go next? Of course. Yeah. All right. So it's funny you mentioned the Def Leppard because I thought listening to Black Eyes Blue is 80s hair metal making a comeback. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it just felt like a, this song could have been a Motley Crue song. Yep. It could have been. It could have been. A, it was probably the stuff he grew up on. He's like, I want to make a song like that, too. I know I can knock that out of the park. And I think he did with that song. That, yes. song, is, that song is cool. Um, but it definitely feels like it's 40 years after it probably would have hit the airway. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, but like, mm-hmm. but glossier, maybe it just it felt like that to me. As far as the CMFT, the first time I listened to it, I was like, OK, I'm not sure I love this. Um, I thought there were two, two should have only been one rap verse, Tech Nines. I don't think we needed the other one. Um, it made the song a little too long for me. I might have liked it a little more if it was a little shorter. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, I just listened to it again before we went on. And I liked it better the second time because <laughs> it is catchy. Okay. It's, it does have like a, a the chorus part and him just, you know, screaming C motherfucking D is kind of cool. But it, you're right. It does have a WWE entrance music. Like he's ready to just drop a stone cold stunner on somebody. Wow. Well, it's interesting because Tuan, the way you, you just like straight up said it, you know, pretty blunt. And for me, it was like I played, you know, Blue Eyes like four times and played the other song like once. And it was just a natural thing. Like, oh, I want to hear this again. I want to hear this again. But the other song with um, with Tech Nine, I'm like, no, oh, I'll listen to it eventually. You know, so it was almost like a passive, like, oh, like I maybe I don't like it yet. I don't know because I don't really know. It's only one spin. But the other one I listened to like four times. It, 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 you know, initially I was like, oh, this is a, a really good song. And it had different song elements. And hearing Corey, you know, over the years talk about how he wanted to make a solo, solo album and bands that he would reference like that he really loved. You know, he's a big Foo Fighters fan. He's a big Nine Inch Nails fan. He's a big, all these bands. And you can kind of hear some elements in just that song. Um, I noticed the drums had like the polka, Queens of the Stone Age kind of like uh, thing going on. So I wonder if that was a little bit, little bit of an influence there. But uh, the sing-along aspect, I can kind of see what you're saying with the 80s thing. And I think, you know, we talked about Corey Taylor and how he's a big 80s guy. And um, I always reference the song ZZYZX Road or whatever. Yeah. Stone Sour. That's like a total 80s ballad, right? Mm-hmm. So that 80s thing is definitely part of his uh, fabric. So, yeah, I thought it was good. But uh, one better than the other, for sure, the blue eyes. And it's interesting to see, like, What's the album gonna sound like? Because those are yeah, it al- that's almost like two different bands, and the features make them s- even more separate. Yeah, but you're right. Even the even like Corey's cadence, the second ra- the first rapper's cadence, and Tech Nines, they're all different. It's, it's a it's a the song's all over the place. I didn't like it. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people like it. For me, I didn't like it. But the f- that first song was. I mean, I've listened to it like probably ten times. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I would agree. I think the the first. Uh, Black Eyes Blue is, is the better of the two. But I could totally see myself throwing the other one on every now and then just to, like, with the windows down, 
just trying to like going to work. Like, all right, yeah. I got a, I got a big day ahead of me. Let's when I finally go back to my real job. And it's Corey Taylor, right? So at the end of the day, like even if it stinks, it's still it's still good. It's like pizza. It's still pretty <laughs> yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. Even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. Pizza and sex, right? Unless it's <laughs> Puppet it's John's. Bad, it's still Unless good. it's Puppet John's. Uh, or yeah, Pizza Hut. Yeah. Or Pizza Hut. Yeah, Pizza Hut's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Any Might as well pizza. just open the box and put it in the toilet. I mean, <laughs> Man, Pizza Hut don't... will not be a sponsor of the Patio Slay podcast. <laughs> We're anti chain restaurants on this Olive Garden to uh, Pizza Hut. Yeah. yeah. Well, We're about the craft. We're about the craft. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, um, okay. Yeah. So uh, the Manson song. You guys listen to the Manson song? Yep. I did. Who wants to go first on that one, Nate? I will, I'll go on that one. Yeah, um, I liked it. I was extremely surprised, to be honest, because, I mean, we're all big Manson fans here, and he's the shock rocker, and I just, I don't know, I thought it was going to be like just like a blaring, you know, heavy song, and I'm just listening to it while I'm driving. I'm like, oh, this is like a, it's like an anthem. It feels it sounds like an anthem song, and it sounds like a stadium rocking song, and in it, while I'm listening and putting those notes in my head, I'm like, okay, there's some, maybe there's some, there, there's some growth here, or just some, you know, overall maturity but um i'm obviously it kind of fits the times like his lyrics are always kind of uh out there and, and crazy and you know avant-garde or, or whatnot but um yeah this one i was just like i, w- I didn't know what to expect so when i was listening to it I was like oh this is cool if i could feel like i could see a crowd like singing this in unison in like a big stadium kind of thing and i never heard that from a manson song even though his songs are very much like a crowd pleaser but um yeah man i liked it for sure what about you guys so Similar vibe. Um, mm-hmm. When I read the name of the album and the song, We Are Chaos, I thought to myself, yeah, this sounds like it could just, you know, it, it's a new Manson record. Yep. It's going to be, you know, stays in his lane, does some similar stuff, maybe changes it up a little bit, nothing crazy. This was definitely a departure, I thought, for him. The sound is definitely big ballady, big rocker, stadium rocker, for sure. I, I wrote mm-hmm. similar things down. Um, yeah. It also sounded like it could have been, like, the music stays. Say the music stays the same, and you put the the lead singer of Arcade Fire there. Couldn't that be an Arcade Fire song? Like it was. It had that kind of big sound to it, and it could have been written by anybody. It was just. It was weird to hear that from coming out of Manson. I thought, but I did. I did enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, you guys. The whole. I the first thing I thought of when I heard. Well, two things. One was stadium vibes. This would be great live. People singing along. Well, three things. That's the first one. Second thing is David Bowie had David Bowie. Yeah. Yep. Uh, fingerprints on it, which oh, yeah. you know I, I think you could argue he's the modern day David Bowie in a lot of respects. Absolutely. But then the third thing I thought to myself is, what else is this guy to do? I mean, he did the whole cake and sodomy thing twenty five years ago. Like, do you want that from a fifty year old Manson? I don't. Exactly. I mean, I don't know what I want from Manson, but what we got was. I guess what, yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was, it was overall, it was great. I thought mm-hmm. that's a good way to put it. Tuan is like, what do you want to see from him now? Because, I mean, he almost like dropped off the map for a while there because he was having such problems with uh, substance abuse and stuff. So I was kind of getting worried for a few few years back. He was like dropping off tours and all sorts of craziness. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I can see that vision that you have. And that another note that I wrote down is, you know, it almost and this kind of goes with like a Trent Reznor thing. It sounds like a song that would be f- fit well with like a movie soundtrack. Almost sen- seems like a movie soundtrack song. And I could see it replacing like the Pixies song at the end of Fight Club kind of thing, where it's just like carrying that movie to its, to its end point, you know? So that might be part of that growth might be like, you know, where he's at today, 
but at the end of the day what you said Tuan is true like what do I want from Manson now I don't even know so this is almost like a, an appropriate time to put out this kind of song and maybe it's a little produced maybe that's what we're all getting to but all the songs are produced so it's mm -hmm. just a different side of Manson so yeah if anything it's a good maybe he's in a he's going in a right in a good direction yeah, and like you uh, you said, Nate, he didn't sound great a few years back. I remember listening to him on mm -hmm. um, Mark Maron's podcast and thinking, man, he just doesn't sound great. <laughs> like, so hopefully that's turned around and he's he's in a better spot, and maybe that's what this is. This album's about that. Who knows? Fingers crossed, right? Yeah. And similar with uh, Corey Taylor, it's like, is the rest of the record going to be like this? Well, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Could go either yeah, way. Good, but I'll, 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 I'll check it out. I mean, I haven't checked out his last couple, but in 2020 these legacy artists that are still doing it like i'll check it out i mean if it is the whole album sounding like that for manson that'd be kind of cool it'd be like a concept album almost maybe yeah yeah um, yeah definitely but yeah cool. he can't he can't keep doing the shock rock thing forever i mean he can but yeah a little bit past i do like the days. bowie comparison i hadn't thought of that yeah. and i like that mm, that that, that makes cool. complete sense to me he would like that yeah i think you're right ziggy, <laughs> Star bowie might even ziggy like that stardust too. manson yeah, I think Bowie would like that too. Rest in peace. Man, what about seeing shows? Isn't there a venue that just closed? Oh man, so yeah, the like, li our live music update is pretty fat, and some is good, and some is not good. And, and mm -hmm. Nate's alluding to uh, a venue here in our hometown that has closed up shop for good. Port City Music Hall in Portland, Maine, is no longer um, going to be open. Um, they they did all they could. It sounded like um, in reading the article that Rolling Stone put out that they had applied for the PPP loans. They got that and they, you know, they laid off part-time workers early on and tried to keep as many people, you know, solvent as they could early on, but it's just been too long. We're almost what, five months. And they're the first places to close and the last places to open. So what's yeah. sad about this, which I really thought about, which I think it's a sign of what's to come is for those that don't know Port City Music Hall, it's like a 600 person cap. Yep. venue in portland maine and it's managed by uh i think a parent company that manages a few venues so my thought is if they can't survive when they have economies of scale with marketing and i'm sure other things it's like god damn like this is this is the tip of the iceberg and it's not this is the titanic and it's, it's not, not looking good, good. Yeah. and it it's it, it it's really sad <laughs> that's 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 exactly that's right where my head went wow no tuan i mean you put it in the best possible way in terms of um, just wording it correctly because that's that's how it hit me i mean it's obviously like our hometown that venue was not an original like og portland venue um right it came after the state theater it came after the asylum yeah, they, stuff they like opened that. in 2009 i believe yeah yeah in a different recession yeah. but uh yeah that's a great way to put it in context because you know it has some credibility behind it some infrastructure behind it to to keep it afloat and if that's not the case. I mean, I was just surprised by the whole thing to see it permanently close because it just like just shows you there's no hope. Like there's no like, okay, we're closing temporarily. We're going to do a, a round of funding. We're going to do whatever we can to, to keep this going. To see it just like bold, like closed permanently is like almost like saying live music is permanently done is mm. the way it like transcends, which is really crappy. So like what you're saying, Tuan, it's like, yeah, it's like it's, you know, shining. <laughs> You know, polishing the br the brass on the Titanic as it's sinking, right? That's a fight club yep. quote. Um, yeah. It sucks. I didn't want to read that. I didn't want to see that. And I and I wonder, depending on the market. I mean, Portland, Maine's considered a secondary market. Um, I wonder if we'll see that in places like Boston, New York City. And uh, I think what you're saying is, yeah, that's it's this is the beginning of the end. 
possibly, unless it's like a huge amphitheater that may have even a bigger backing, like Live Nation backing to convert the venues to social distancing or have the capacity to just spread people out. But yeah, tiny venues. Yeah, uh, it, these it could small, be those small sweaty clubs, right? I mean, this one yeah. wasn't, this one wasn't big. It was 550, 600 people mm-hmm. and um, great sounding room. I mean, it was an awesome yeah. place to catch a concert. We saw some fairly good sized acts come through and play that tiny little venue. So we were fortunate when, when they opened that they got what they got and they continued to kind of be an active music venue for a decade plus until mm-hmm. this all hit the, you know, hit the wall. And reading that interview, um, the, the manager of those venues, Lauren Wayne, who's um, managed the state theater in Thompson's point in port city had said, you know, we were, it's so, it was so weird to go from being a profitable killing it business to shut everything off in an instant. And we were doing nothing. And when you specialize, she said something like, when you specialize in large crowds, this is not the time for that, obviously. So it's, it's, we, we've been talking about it for five months. It sucks. It's, and we're starting to see some of the bad parts that are going to come out of this come to fruition. This is the, you know, like Twan said, the tip of the iceberg. And I guess for context, for people on the East Coast, like in Boston, this is like, this is our Royale. And then on the West mm-hmm. Coast, this is our Roxy. Like, yep. I'm trying to think of who I've seen there in the last five years. Like every time I die, knocked loose citizen Menzingers. I saw movie life, Acacia strain, ISIS cave in like without that venue though. I don't think those, that those tours wouldn't have come. We don't have another venue arguably that's in that five, 600 cap. So it sucks Mm -hmm. really bad. Yeah. Tuan, you uh, just brought up another good point is the fact that that venue is, you know, constructed, as you know a need business like they've built it because there was nothing to fit that capacity at the time so i almost think of it as like a craft brewery like someone had to put together this venue because there there was a need for it and no one was doing it so they were like all right we'll do it kind of like this podcast um agreed and (laughs) and fill that need and 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 see it flourish but i mean they had you know they were going through financial problems that had a few you know times in history and so forth but it's like it's it's live music you know it's up and down it's not like they're huge margins there. So to see it fade away, it's like, man, someone actually like did some blood, you know, some serious blood and sweat and tears to to bring that to fruition and to have it just be permanently closed is like, man, like someone took a huge risk and to have it just fall apart is and we all feel it. I feel like it's almost like it's part of us. So Yep. Yeah. It's, and it's I mean, it's a place that we didn't we didn't grow up in like we did the state theater, but we weren't super old when they opened and we're seeing a bunch of shows there too. Like it was another, Oh cool. We have another place and this one's a little smaller. So might, we might attract some of those bands on their way up as mm-hmm. opposed to trying to get them in a place that holds maybe 7,000, like the civic center or whatever. Um, so that was, or, you know, those smaller venues, maybe they'd, they'd come off of a date in Boston on their off day and come play up here. So that was uh, to see a place like that, obviously shutter and not come back. Um, huge bummer. Yeah, like Maggie Maggie Rogers was there in the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Yep. Like, it was a a place where I'm sure very few markets had an like could could have seen a Maggie Rogers in that cap venue, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's in some respects we're spoiled in the Northeast, um, especially in Portland, where we get these kind of up and comers and we see them in a small cap. But yeah, it sucks. So we're all about positivity here in the Patio Slave Podcast. Mm-hmm. We mourn the losses, but we also celebrate the wins. Mm-hmm. And one of those wins 
was Mr. Tony. You had a prediction back I in did. May. I did. And what was that <laughs> Which prediction? I got, ha- I, got ha- I got it half right, right? No, I, okay, give you, <laughs> you got to round up, man. What was that prediction? So back in late May, um, I believe actually the dates were exactly two months apart. May 29th was the episode uh, 12. We, ta- we were talking about Clutch doing their first live stream in the Doom Saloon. And we talked about how they had like a limited edition T-shirt and this and that. And um, I think it was, I think it, that one was free. This one now, we 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 had speculated maybe they'll go kind of all out when they do it again, and maybe they'll press the you know fifty fifty five minute set into a vinyl, and you get a t shirt, and you pay nine bucks to go to it, and that's what's happening. So they are going to, as you heard here first on the Podia Slate podcast two months ago, press. There's a digital bundle, and you're gonna get the the vinyl and a t shirt, and be able to watch the the um, live stream, which is I believe next Friday night, August seventh. So. Yeah, we called it. That's what we do here, guys. I mean, we we, we call stuff. We, we, we're out in front of the curve. Uh, it's not just me. It's our conversation. It's our talking about music that gets us there. So we did it. I mean, yeah. you nailed it down to the color, like not the exact colorway, but Almost. like the color vinyl. Color yeah, yeah. It also helps that the imagery in the logos and like the drawings and stuff that they're using for the cover is badass. Like mm-hmm. it makes me want to get it, but I think me it was a little too. pricey, but. It is. It's a hundred bucks for the T-shirt, the ticket to watch the live stream, and um, the vinyl. Which is, I'm getting married next weekend, so it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, if I wasn't getting married next weekend, you know, I just have my birthday just happened. Maybe, maybe I'd you shell a hundred bucks because I want it. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're the time we're in right now. I, I got to scrimp and save a little bit. So I got to say though, on the pod, on that prediction, you said you would buy it. I did, yeah. I said, well, I also said it was going to be record store day 2021, and if that was the case, I absolutely would buy it. So I'm going to give myself a an out there. Uh, and and honestly, I could see myself next summer looking on Discogs and finding it and paying for it. <laughs> like it's yeah. it may end up in my collection at some point. Hey, add it to the add it to the wedding registry. <laughs> it's a good my... idea. Yeah, Friday night we're going to be we're going to be showing Clutch's Doom Saloon <laughs> at the yeah. wedding Friday night. Yeah, great. Hold the blender. I don't need the blender. What I really need. It's true. <laughs> Nate, that's a good idea. Don't get me started. My fiance may hey. not like that. <laughs> that's my only prediction. But you know, this is, I think, I mean, we think it's the, they're the first band to do it. Yeah. They won't be the I last. I think so, yeah. They won't be the last. Like they'll, Oh, God, no. And you called that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the, I hate to say money grab, but in a good way. It's like, we need to survive. We're hungry. We're desperate. Let's press a live stream or a Twitch stream or whatever it is, you know, and uh, get creative with it. Yeah. I mean, it could, it could honestly, if done correctly, be a way to save a place like Port City Music Hall where it goes in tandem. You know, it's like, hey, here's true. Yeah. You know, you're buying a ticket to the show essentially for this pressing. And we're going to do this on a recurring basis, you know, let's say like four shows a week or something. And there's enough money coming in from that limited release, whatever. Because I mean, when you think about it, that's why we love live music is because it's a limited engagement. Every show is different. Even if they're playing the same set list every night, there's something that happens. There's a different energy, the different market, there's a different crowd. So it's a limited thing. So that pressing is like the energy in that live performance that was recorded is unique to that. I don't know, kind of segue there or uh, tangent there, but I'm well, just thinking out loud. Yeah. yeah. And I know, um, Juan, getting back to your point about other bands doing something like this or finding a way to be creative to make some money in this time. Our other friend, Nate, 
that we've mentioned numerous times in this pod has been just peppering me with awesome information and sent me an article about this band called Goose. You guys familiar with them at all? No. They're a jam band. I'm not super familiar with them, but the idea that they had was um, they're calling it Bingo Tour, and it's a live stream, and they're just like pulling stuff out of a hat, like say do a 20 minute jam or uh, no drums on this song or stuff. <laughs> and they wow. did bingo and they're 60 bucks for the, looks like the tour pass is 60 bucks. So it's a creative way to change it up and, and get your fans engaged at home online, whatever. Right. So that's cool. That's right. Could we uh, get that for Metallica? And one of the options is they'll play St. Anger without the snare drum. <laughs> <laughs> Lars came out and defended that. This he week. did. He totally did. Tangent, tangent yeah. alert. Oh, we do that here. We tell you. He yeah, did. no, I, that would be cool. Yeah, that would if we could do stuff like, "Hey, this is the one part of this song I really hate. Can you just not play that?" Yeah. <laughs> if there's anything we've learned about Lars as fans and anyone that's listening, nerd nerds out there, that <laughs> Lars is the friend that will just say what he wants to say, even though when he know, even if he knows he's wrong, he'll just say it anyway. Yeah, he and likes like, to fight, guy, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like you're just, you I'm know you're wrong. wrong. You're right, Nate. That's great. But yeah, that would be um, that's another cool live idea um, as far as trying to be viable in these times. So, shout out to Nate. Thanks for the info, man. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's total nerd nerdery. Like the fact oh, yeah. that he sent that one, and then two, the fact that you said was it Goose? Goose is the band. Yeah. Yeah, the fact that they're even doing that, I love that. That's great. It's cool, and I I would do that. There's a bunch of bands I could be like yeah do this or like maybe you freestyle here in this part of the over that beat with a, a hip-hop act um or it'd be cool to hear like um you know any saint any song without you know hamstring make them play lefty you know <laughs> do stuff, just be kind of fun to like choose your own adventure with the concert right or like have the bassist and guitarist switch instruments and see if yeah, they could yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah something like that we're giving people ideas we should save these <laughs> prediction <laughs> These are predictions. becoming predictions, yeah, or will become predictions. I mean, Two to months be honest, from now, and this is go ahead, Nate. I was gonna say, to be honest, I would pay a band that I really love to play a set, you know, with a fan designed set list. Like, hey, these songs you like have never played, mm-hmm. badass songs that are deep cuts. Like, why don't you play these songs, and all these fans will pony up the money to see, you know, a curated show that they want to see because every time they see them, they just don't get to hear these songs for whatever reason mm-hmm. um i think tone remember we saw green day at gillette yeah. stadium yeah <laughs> and i had this weird optimistic vision we were going to hear songs from like insomniac like deep cuts and they didn't well, play anything off insomniac didn't, like, oh, didn't we see them like three weeks or four months prior in portland too and it was like the exact same set. yeah exactly but if green day was like hey we'll do a tally like we'll play you know whatever songs you want to hear i think i would pay for that so yeah kind of goes into that thing the yeah. right band absolutely like, you guys are great, but you play the same songs. I've seen this song every single time. Like, why don't you play the hidden track? You know? Yeah. That'd be yes. cool. I'd pay for yes. that. Me too. Uh, some nerd yeah. dollars just out the window. Like, whatever. I'll pay for it. Yeah. No, I, I and I, now we're going to spitball. This is actually probably a segment. Honestly, we should we should definitely do that. <laughs> like, come up with a – you if you could pay a band any money, what would you have them play? And how could you, you know, maybe come up with a set or 10-song set or something? So spitballing live on the air. Think Tank. What is what is the secret song on Incubus Science worth live? Hmm, I would pay a lot for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. There's a bunch of secret songs I'd love to hear. Oh man. So we we did we did negative, we did positive. Now we get another negative. <sighs> what? 
chain smokers man uh, you saw that the chain smokers doing that concert in it was supposed to be a drive through drive up whatever like third eye blinded last weekend same night in uh the hamptons in new york but all those rich fuckers got out of their car and walked up to the stage and so uh post malone was on rogan uh yep. this week and they they actually talked about this in yep. uh post malone and i i just read an article i didn't get through the whole interview but i think post malone was just like if the intent was for it to be a drive up and people got out of their cars you can't put that on the on the group you can't put that on the chain smokers i get that yeah I get that. that's a, I mean, a, that's a security issue right yeah and i'm not that's yeah if you, you when you pull in it's probably written on, on their agreement when they bought the tickets like don't get up and walk to the stage and congregate right that that's not something that you are supposed to be doing in this time especially not in new york it just came out like they're kind of on the up and up as far as the the coronavirus stuff is going uh, but we're still not out of the woods here I and mean, it's not even close like just stay in your car stay with the people around your car don't walk into a crowd just that it's not really on the chain smokers i do i do agree with that yeah no it's a good a good um quote because that's the way i was thinking about it it's like it's like what well, it goes back to Marilyn Manson when they were blaming Marilyn Manson for like the Columbine shooting. It's like, wait, what? You can't just always, you know, scapegoat everyone. So yeah, it's the Chainsmokers concert, unless they're like recorded on the mic saying, "Get out of your cars, get to the stage, rush the stage, yeah. whatever." That would be different. But if they're at the concert just as an attendee, and the clickbait is this band, you know, is irresponsible, and the people went to the show and they're encouraging it. And it's just like it always gets mixed up like that. It's, it's bullshit, you know. Woodstock. I would talk about Woodstock '99 a few episodes ago, and it's just like it got so much bad press. It was actually a pretty fun festival, but it got put on the bands. It's well, actually, no, it's the promoters that were fucked up, not the bands. And there was something, and I got to backtrack a little bit because there was some band saying like, "Hey, this is, you know, I was just gonna <laughs> do whatever you want or whatever, you know, vocally. That's freedom of speech more." But like, yeah, at the end of the day, it's it goes around the people putting on the show. So if there's people getting out of their cars, then unfortunately they have to enforce that. Not the band. The band's not gonna be like, get back in your car. Or we're not right. gonna play anymore. <laughs> yeah, mid song. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's where I was gonna challenge that thought because the photos that I saw, it was from the stage looking out. It looked like a normal show, and like it did. Yeah, I'm trying to put myself in the band's shoes or a group shoes, and in, in this in this case, like, do you stop it? Do you say like, what the hell? Like, did Cuomo just bless this, and now like now everyone can run free? Like, what what just happened? Right. They just obviously kept playing. Yeah, I I think in that situation, you know, you finish your song and you say, hey guys, it's with today with social media with cameras everywhere. You say, hey guys, get back in your cars. <laughs> like, it's we want you guys to come up to the stage. We want people to be hugging each other. We want to have that time, and we will if you go back to your cars right now and we stop doing stupid things in this moment, <laughs> like let's stop. Like that, that's the, maybe the responsible thing. So there's, there's a little bit cause there are pictures from the stage and somebody in there, it must've been somebody in their crew took those pictures and they saw the light of day. Right. Like that's say something. I, I don't know if they did or didn't, we didn't hear, but I, I probably would be, let's finish the song and Hey, tell, tell everybody to get back in their car. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just goes to show this is a trial and error phase with bringing live music back. They don't know what works. They don't know what people are going to abide to. At the end of the day, it's just kind of like between this and the mini fest, AKA herd immunity fest, you know, just like, we're going to do this. We're going to hope everyone complies. 
seems like her herd immunity fest actually worked out for the most part. Chainsmokers concert, not necessarily, but that will just go to show that there's going to be a protocol set in place going forward, most likely, where the promoter promoter is going to say, "Hey, if this happens, unfortunately, someone's going to like flash a you know flashlight or something on the side of the stage, which usually like uh, is a way for a sound guy to tell like put the sound up or down or whatever." But have it be like a, a cue to be like, hey, unfortunately, you have to cut the set right now and address the crowd, which I've seen at festivals like, hey, mm-hmm. please back up three feet. Uh, the barricade is you know, essentially about to fall over. So everyone needs to kind of work together to get the show back on the road. I've been to so many shows where this has happened. And I'm always just like, all right, you know, at the end of the day, this is for everyone's safety. Mm-hmm. So with COVID, this could be the case where it becomes a protocol like, hey, this is the SOP. Um, why don't you flash the band right now on the side of stage and tell them that they have to cut the set right now unless we can get this back in order. Um, so I feel like this is a, a trial and error phase and, and this showcases that, but it's not the band's fault. Unless they're encouraging it, it's just not the band's fault. I think it was what we're getting to for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you're saying, yeah. hey. Yeah. I think what you yeah. get with this is there's just too many people. When there's enough people, there's going to be a decent percentage of idiots. And I yeah. think that's the takeaway. It's like... There's going to be bad apples. There's going to be idiots that don't listen. People have different viewpoints, and you can't corral. At a certain point, you can't corral people. And the impact is going to be greater, obviously, with the more people there are. So I think that's – you'll see – you'll still see these shows, but you'll see less people and less people admitted, less less cars and whatnot. Yep. And and you're right. One – this is one of those situations where one bad apple does spoil the bunch, though. So that's yeah. why they need to be a little more diligent, whether it's the venue that's saying, yeah, we'll do this, or the band being encouraged to help with that. Like, maybe that's the first one of the first things they say when they come out. Like, hey, we want to have a good time tonight. We're going to play music for you guys. It's not going to be like it usually is, but it's better than nothing. And we want this to stay viable, and we this is going to help everybody you know, we need live music to heal. I mean, it's just, it's, I know the three of us, it's part of our fabric. It's what we've done for years and not having it is painful and going through a summer in a great, gorgeous outdoor venue type state like Maine without music. And I know California, it's always like that, Nate. Uh, it, we want those things to come back. So maybe people take a little more of the onus on themselves to say at the beginning of shows, no, stay in your car. We will go back off stage. We will leave if this gets worse. Yeah, I think it ultimately comes down to the fact that no one really knows what to do, and you know, including the civilians that are going to the show. They're like, I just want to see a show. Usually, when I go to a show, I mosh, I dance, I get drinks, I hug people. It's, it's a very communal thing. Well, now with what's going on, that's just not the case. So it's you're taking people out of their normal element, but putting them into a similar situation that they're used to. So that muscle memory is kind of like confused. Like, wait, oh okay, now I have to stay in the car, but I'm at a show. Wait, what's going on here? So even though you know going in, instinct, I'm saying, I'm thinking for the people at the Chain Smokers concert was like, oh, well, are they really going to enforce it? Like you said, there's some bad eggs. Are they really going to enforce it? They really didn't say it straight out. There was no like protocol in line saying, hey, you have to abide to these rules or, or we'll eject you. Like when you go to a metal show and there's like no crowd surfing and it's like, all right, yeah, really? Because there's going to be crowd surfing. Well, some people do get ejected depending on where you are. Some people, most concerts, it's pretty much like, all right, well, if you're in a crowd surf, it's at your own risk. So, but you know, the insurance company doesn't look at it that way. They look at it as, yeah, if you look crowd surfing, take those people down because that's a a flight risk or that's a, uh, you know, it's a liability for us. So this is just going to be a long drawn out process to see how this really plays out. But these are the the beginnings of it for sure. Well, it is here, right? 
that's the problem. It's it's helping. It's happening other places, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. One last thought on that is, I mean, think of the genre they're in. They're in that EDM, which is built for the live show. It's like it was, oh, yeah. it was kind of doomed from the get go. And like they, their target demographic. Well, I don't know about target demographic, but their actual demographic is that eighteen to twenty seven, probably young, active. They want to interact with the music. You can't really do that in your car. Um, <laughs> no. So I think it was doomed from the jump. But Tone, you said um, they're doing it good in other places. What were you referring yeah. to? Frank Turner. He played an indoor concert in, um, oh, it was somewhere in England, I believe, where he's from. Um, yeah. So, and it sounds like it went off okay, and people were distanced very well, and they were, you know, you, it's kind of like going out to eat here in places that are allowing that, where you're masked to sit down, and then at your seats you can have a beverage or someone's probably waiting on you. But you're not you're not milling about. People aren't getting up to the stage. It's very subdued and laid back. And Frank Turner can play shows like that, which is cool. Um, that'd be difficult for a metal concert, obviously. Uh, it wouldn't be as hard for for him um, with what he does musically now. So, um, but I mean, it's a step in the right direction for other places in the world that they're able to do stuff like that. And if we could just kind of get our get our stuff together here, we'd start seeing more of that here too. Yeah, I think it shows it can be done. And I saw, I think you sent a photo of it, right? Where it was almost like a, mm-hmm. it almost looked like a, yeah, like a dinner. Uh, yeah. Yeah, different. like like you'd eat, eating at a restaurant where it was it was distance. You had a table. Yep. Um, but when you have a table, you tend to congregate around that table. So it, it kind of puts you around that. And I've actually, what, what that reminds me of is when I saw Joe Budden podcast live in, in Boston you had your own table and it was, it was, it was awesome. Like I know a pod seeing a podcast a little different than music. Like you're not going to nod your head and want to move around at a, a, a live podcast, but it shows it can be done. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's the blueprint. Now people just got to follow through with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately what we're kind of getting to is the fact that, and we've talked about this so many times that it's just not going to go back to the way it was. Everything's going to be evolving to the new normal, whether it be small, small cap, you know, different, different seating arrangements, different ways of watching shows. I mean, if it doesn't go this route, this is the better of the, of the latter, which would be the hazmat suit. Cause the hazmat suit just changes the whole dynamic of a live concert altogether. You're in like a space suit essentially. So it's either, you know, you comply to the rules if you want to have a somewhat normal experience or you want to go to what you're used to and wear a hazmat suit, which just like seems so out of this world. But at the same time, a lot of things are pretty futuristic now, so it's not that far-fetched. But, you know, things are going to evolve no matter what, and they're not going back to the way they were. So every time we talk nostalgic-wise here about going to concerts and club shows and seeing things that the access in Boston in a packed club where literally like you're packed in like sardines. Like I loved that shit, even though like I'm a <laughs> somewhat germaphobe, it's weird. It's like I have a, kind of like two, two personalities there, but um, that those days, I mean, poor city just shows it right there on the, in the article. Like those days are, are, are coming to a close pretty quickly here. So yeah, I think the future is here and it's going to change. Yep. I would agree. Um, I was just thinking though, I think I'm there. Like, if someone told me, wear this hazmat suit and you can experience Not Fest 2020, 
at Mansfield, I'd go. Yeah. I mean, what's the alternative? You you stay home and wish you were there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm almost there. Cuz like <laughs> I'm probably not quite there yet, but I'm not far. Cuz summer in <laughs> New England in a hazmat suit, uh I know it's at night, but <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, been, I'm close, been hot as guys. balls here, so. <laughs> I'm close. Twine, it's funny. It's funny you say that because I think it was like two episodes ago I said that I was slowly becoming a little bit more desensitized about the fact about wearing a, a hazmat suit, and that was become that was at a desperation of just seeing a show in general. But now, like, yeah, the risk a and then b like capacity. You know, I still like being in a big crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like yep. part of the show. That's the energy. I mean, every, every documentary I've seen about him music and bands and playing shows it's like it's a two-way street it's a dance like the crowd's bringing an energy the band's bringing an energy and you get an amazing show from that if you're in like a show where it's just like circles of people which is you know equates to like a quarter of their normal capacity the energy is going to be you know 25 percent of what it used to be and so it's just going to be like okay do i wear a hazmat suit where we get the full crowd get the full experience or do i get 25 percent of it in like a spread out fashion well at that point i'm almost like like you said tuan I'd almost rather just watch that on YouTube at this point. You know, it's like, ah, well, I'm not missing much. No, I'm not saying that. I, I'm, I'm almost at the point of the hazmat. Well, but I yeah. mean, he's saying yeah. if it's like 25% capacity, you aren't going to, you'd right. rather, you're yeah. not going to go to that versus you're going to, yeah. yeah. And I yeah. think I agree with that. And and I'm definitely not to the point where I want to don a hazmat suit when it's 87 degrees and muggy out. But I, I mean, maybe that would be good for, you know, when it's a little colder in the fall. Um Sports came back this week, right? And we had baseball and basketballs back now. Mm-hmm. And watching those and not seeing fans and not hearing real fan noise, it's similar to not seeing or hearing real fan noise from a crowd at a concert. Like the buzz right before a band goes on, the, the lights go down. Like the, if there's a 25% capacity, it's just not the same. That feeling is yeah. really cool. We all love that feeling, right? You know what I'm talking about. That feeling is so fucking cool. The house music and, and house lights go off. Yeah, so it, it's it's difficult, and that part is going to be um, the piece that it makes shows for us, uh, especially in those small, you know, five hundred fifty people, whatever capacity venues where you're you're making new friends because you're on top of each other and you're all there for the same reason. Wow, the, that roundup made me miss mu- uh, live music more than when we started the episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Damn. God damn. Um. One last uh, set list piece that we had, and it actually coincides with new music too, because they they put a song out today as well. But Run the Jewels with their own marijuana strain. Oh, nice. Are they the first? Are they the first to do it? That probably not. There's yeah, so many stoner not, right? music out there. I, I'd have to research. I'm not sure, but they have their own, and they're obviously uh, into it. Um, what's the name of it? I've got it right here. It's called Ooh La La, which is after the song that is off their record that just they just put out and. Nice. June, I believe, right? So, awesome song. Um, yeah, great song. My favorite song on the record. Uh, and there's some good ones on there. So, but yeah, it's who I think it's a place in Michigan that came up with it. Um, what's the name of the company? I can't seem to find it, but it's uh, yeah, it sounds like they're I don't know if they're selling it online in I some places. Detroit, yeah. It, oh, Detroit, okay. Um, Full line is also available in Detroit, Michigan, at the Cookies Store, operated by Gage Cannabis Company. I don't know if you've heard of that, but I, I have not. Our Michigan okay. friends may have heard of it. No, I was going to jump in on the Cookies thing because Cookies is a California brand out here, okay. uh, from a different artist named Burner, is the rap a rapper, and uh, so essentially that's a private label. But in the Michigan district, uh, 
geography, which is interesting because the cannabis industry, the way it's set up uh, currently, is it's still federally illegal, but uh, different states have their own laws by jurisdiction. So California, for instance, the company I work for, we can't transport our product across state lines, even though we're um, an MSO, which means we're uh, a multi-state operator. So we have operations in California, we manufacture, sell, and also in Nevada. So Michigan is also a recreational state. So I'm surprised they launched there first before California, but at the same time, uh, Cookies is a, a brand that's kind of branching off mm-hmm. in an independent state uh, franchise probably, type thing. Probably cheaper for them to do it in Michigan. Oh, dude, Michigan's coming up. Well, so. especially ta- just tax-wise, right? California is, like Maine, very tax-heavy. Um, oh, yeah, for You sure. go to Michigan, maybe not as bad. So maybe they, they're like, oh, well, let's let's – do this here and save some cash. That's why Joe Rogan's moving to Texas, right? <laughs> oh, that's right. Exactly. I'm, I I would be shocked if they're the first ones, but at the same time, I can't think of anyone else because you've seen, you know, not that. Uh, I guess the closest thing to pot is certainly booze, and mm-hmm. booze is heavily integrated in the music industry, whether it's with the beer, or yep. P Diddy with Ciroc, or I mean, you name it. It goes on and on. I mean, it, it's synonymous. It, 50 Cent has some gin or something, doesn't he? Nas and Hennessy. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yep. So and then all the beers. There's so many beers. So many beers. Uh, Post Malone loves <laughs> Bud Light. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. learned that, obviously, in his songs, but on on uh, Rogan. But, yeah, I mean, this if they are the first, wow. Good for They're them. They're definitely cool. not the first. They're definitely not the first. I mean, there's a lot of private label stuff that goes on here in California where, yeah. you know, artists or even athletes, for that matter, um, will put their name on a, on a brand as, yeah. a, as a white label, private label. So they're, you know, they don't fully own the process. So I think this might be because, because it's a collab with cookies. Uh, this is getting in the weeds a little bit on the cannabis industry, but you're not getting um, in the weeds on the cannabis industry. are you? <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> pun intended. Making um, dad jokes. I'm not even a dad, but run the jewels, you know, gives it a, a new, a new spin because they're kind of, you know, they're not even up on the coming there. They're bigger. They're larger than life right now. So, it's not your average Snoop Dogg type thing, which is the still rapper viable. currency has one. Um, yeah, I think there's one. I think there's a Grateful Dead one. I'm sure that's at least named after them, if not in collaboration with them. I'm sure. I mean, that's the OG as far as that stuff goes. So, yeah, there's so much stuff. Cheech and Chong have stuff going on. Yeah, that's a good point. But the thing is, and we talked about this when we when we reviewed the uh, their latest album, is their branding is so money. Mm-hmm. The name is awesome. perfect. The logo is perfect. You throw that on some pack, you know, some packaging and and whatnot, and it'll take off. Snoop Dogg, Snoop's dream. I mean, <laughs> there's a bunch, but this is cool, and we like Run the Jewels, and they put a song out today with Travis Barker, uh, which is very cool. I think it's called Forever Infinity or something, which is like a a play on that Newfound Glory album that came out. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, was there another feature Not, on it, or was it just Run the Jewels and Barker? It was just Run the Jewels and Barker, and honestly, I listened to it. I don't know if you guys did, but the um, I, I didn't hear a ton of Barker. The mm-hmm. song is awesome, and I'm sure he provided the baseline beat stuff uh, as far as drums go, but it wasn't like a, uh, and check out this cool Travis Barker drum riff, you know what I mean? I would check it out, though. It's cool. It's going to be on the playlist. I, I've already actually started the playlist. It's on there. I'll check it out. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to to peep that yet but i'll check that out because barker's done um stuff recently with post malone on that nirvana Mm -hmm. 
thing, and then yeah. uh, yep. Machine Gun Kelly. He's done. Yep. So he's been pretty active. That guy. Yeah, Barker. Ready, uh, oh, go Travis, ahead. I was gonna say Travis Barker. He just proves that he's bigger than Blink One Eight Two. He's like, you know, he carries that band right now. So yeah, I mean, I I haven't. I didn't listen to. Is it nine or nine that came out this year or last year? Yeah, I think it was their most recent album. I did listen to California. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple good songs on it, but like I've since Tom left and really since Neighborhoods, I haven't really been super up on what they do as far as um the new stuff. I've listened here and there, but nothing has like grabbed me. Yeah, well, you made a prediction, so that could change. I well, that would grab me really quickly, <laughs> <laughs> really quickly, because I think those three together are just awesome. Yeah. Check our well, predictions. The, the name Blink One Eight Two is always. I don't know. I don't know if it worked in their favor. It might be a bandy cap, but the opposite of bandy cap is what is it called? Ah, band vantage. Band vantage. <laughs> Ooh, good transition. See that on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so what is band vantage? Yeah. Band vantage, band names that fit perfect, or add credibility to the band. So in other words, you listen to a band, you're like, man, this band's awesome. What's the name of this band? This would never happen, by the way, because you always know the band before. But you're like, man, this band's <laughs> awesome. And this name just makes this band even that much more badass. I it does sometimes happen, though. You hear a song and don't know who it is. Yeah, true. That's so true it, it, it's the opposite of, um, oh, what's Bandicap. this band's name? Uh, Butthole Surfers. Oh, shit. <laughs> so Band Vantage. We uh, are going to come at you with probably two or three apiece. Nate, you're going first. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, deal with it, bro. Let's go. Sweet. Lay it on. I usually... I usually wait till the end, right? <laughs> not tonight. Not, not usually, tonight. <laughs> I usually drag it out. My wife's like, you always like, even when it lands on you, you still drag it out. And I'm like, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> I love um, it. So we all pick three. We might get to two. And um, this first one, I don't know why it fits so well, but I think it's because even though this, the lyrics can be sad and the band it's, I mean, the overall band, you know, dynamics and history is kind of like a sad, sappy band. I know who but it the is. The Cure. Oh, I was going to guess The Cure. I swear. No way. I oh, swear. <laughs> yeah. I wish I had waited. Yeah. Um, I almost did The Cure, so this is great. Really? <laughs> nice, man. It's a great name. Yeah. I just fit, I feel like it fits perfectly. It's like, it's weird. It's like the song, the lyrics are sad, kind of, sometimes, but the music's like happy. So like it has like that perfect connotation, like oh secure. It's like, you know, it kind of has a connotation to help something that's not right. So it's not necessarily happy, but it's not. We could all use more sad. of the cure in our life. Yeah. Right now, especially. Yeah. More, cure more dad jokes from town. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my god, that's awesome! You had it. You're gonna. I actually should have done the normal like guesses, but jump right into it. You kind of come. You kind of. Uh, threw me off with going first <laughs> yeah i mean basically they stuck with that name because uh the singer robert smith said it used to be called easy cure and they just shortened it to the cure so i always think of it as like the facebook and then shortening it to facebook you know simplify you beat, you beat me to it oh really <laughs> um and I, I lately i've been kind of getting into the simplification of things so the cure cure you know just like yeah that's what it is it's amazing it's great music it's timeless um what do you guys think? I think this is a band that fits actually a couple segments we've done. This mm-hmm. would fit heavy therapy. Agreed. Oh, yeah. Heavy in theme, not in sound. Volume and sound. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
But no, when you said that, um, when you when you described them, I thought I was going to guess the cure, just in the way That's you described crazy. it. Um, I'm not as probably versed with them as you guys, but what I've heard, I can see how they would fit this segment perfectly. Well, it's kind of it goes back to one of the past episodes where it's like it's the band's band, so I got into it that way. It's like I heard so many bands talking about, oh, what are your biggest influences? And The Cure was always in there. So eventually I was like, I got to check out this fucking band. And I knew a few songs. And then I really dug deep. I'm like, this band's amazing. And then I saw them live and they played like three and a half hours. I'm like, oh, I'm all in. This is amazing. This is so cool. You, uh, you've seen them, Nate? Um, yeah, twice. Not enough. Did, did you go when, when Rob interviewed Robert Smith? Uh, nope. I, was, I wanted to go to that show. But, right. Uh, I was going to say, did you get to meet Robert Smith too, you dick? <laughs> no, it would have been sweet. So, but, um, yeah, it, like um, going back to our episode 17 guest, Rob, uh, the uh, radio radio DJ that we're very close with, he um, he got to interview. That was an awesome interview. Him and Curto, who also was a, a DJ at, at WCYY here in Portland, Maine, back in the day, uh, they got to interview him, and it was a really cool conversation. I remember that being like a highlight. Rob's an 80s kid. He loves all music 80s and it's kind of the, the way he and i bonded i i remember the, the my early memories of listening to the care or donnie's basement which i know we've talked about a few times nate um always listening to blood flowers which is an awesome underrated cure album from the mid 90s mm-hmm. um i mean they they come up as an 80s band and there's some a lot of their big hits that you like disintegration comes from the late 80s i believe yeah. but go back and check that one out um that album is that's, maybe that's someday's their best album I, I know that one. Oh yeah it's a great album and the I, cover's classic you would know the most people know the the album cover yep yeah. i just it, that's for me that's my favorite cure album it's one i come back to maybe someday is probably my favorite cure song as much and as many other great cure songs as there are that one's probably my favorite good poll cuz i I took, I mean, it'll be evident by the bands I chose, but I, I took a little different angle with it, um, and more with sound. Mm-hmm. But I think it, well, yeah, you'll 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 see. And I like, you're right. It does kind of fit the heavy therapy situation too. Like it, yeah. it, it could totally have been a heavy therapy, um, song or uh, album. Mm-hmm. Good pull. Who's next? Nice. I'll go. Mm-hmm. Who do I want to go with first? Okay, so these. The first one I'm going to do, they're, they've been around a long time. One of their members has passed, not super recently, within the last 10, 10 years maybe. Um, they're from New York. Ooh, I was going to guess someone else. Ooh, oh, okay. Uh, they, they're hip-hop, but they're not traditional hip-hop. Beastie Boys? Yep. Oh, Beastie nice. Boys. Oh, nice. Wow. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, especially with that name, early on, um, they could have gone any way they wanted to. And they were, they did have some rock elements to them early on. They had Rick Rubin in the band at one point, um, as well as another, a friend of theirs. And they played instruments and did that kind of stuff before they went to, you know, being sample heavy, rapping over funky, different stuff that they found um, and turning mainly hip hop. But there's totally some rock elements to this band, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Because they were, so, I think they were in that CBGB's Bad Brains camp mm-hmm. for a hot minute. And they, I mean, we've talked about them in passing here and there. The um, the Apple Plus, Apple TV, whatever you want to call it, a documentary thing, live show they did was really cool. Um, I, I checked that out a couple months, maybe a month ago. And, um, you know, obviously MCA, 
not being around sucks, but he's, it sounds like he was a big piece of what they did creatively. And like, he was kind of the, the oddball as far as he's always like looking at things that, and how to make music and do that kind of stuff. So it's a bummer that he's, he's no longer with us, but they, they had some, just some bangers, man. Like yeah. just some great songs. And they really did kind of have straddle the line from rock to hip hop. Um, as well as being just great samplers as far as turning old funky songs and beats into song into cool newer hip hop songs, which they're not new now, but they were back then. And alliteration, right? Beastie Boys. It sounds cool. It does. Yeah, it awesome, flows man. and I was trying to think of alternative names for them and I can't really think of one that obviously not right on the spot that would be better. Especially for a white hip hop group. You yeah. know? Yeah. yeah, it's a perfect name. It is perfect. <laughs> It was an acronym at one point, but it sounds like it came up after. Now I'm trying to find it. Um, boys entering anarchistic states towards inner excellence. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm wow. sure and they it, put that on after. Yeah. yeah. They, they, the, the wiki says that they did. Uh, that's <laughs> among awesome, other things, though. But it is, it's cool. And I think Yauk came up with it, which doesn't surprise me. Reading what I've read and seeing what I've seen. But yeah, I mean, they turned it into an acronym and... But Beastie Boys just sounds cool. And they're not even, like, maybe they dropped the the too, right? Like, not the Beastie Boys. They're just Beastie Boys. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. So, yeah, I like the Beasties. Um, and there'll be some cool Beasties tracks on there that maybe you haven't heard before on the playlist this week. Heck, yeah. You know what's cool about the Beastie Boys is, you know, my family grew up going back and forth to New York City my whole life. And New York City, like, our Beastie Boys made New York City cool for me. Because I was going as a kid, and it was a financial thing, district, and it was like, Obviously, it's a happening city, but Beastie Boys like kind of put it in, in a new lens for me through their music videos and their songs and everything. I was like, oh, New York City is actually pretty cool. But before that, I didn't really like it that much because I was never a huge city guy. So mm-hmm. it kind of made the city well, they had that much better. To the Five Boroughs album. Yep. yep. Yeah. Which I think had, was it Alive on that or? No, Alive and actually, <laughs> full disclosure, already on the playlist, my favorite Beastie Boys song. That oh, was nice, on nice. the um, anthology? anthology they put out when we were freshmen in high school. Shit, what was the song on um, To The Five Borough? Check it out. Check it out. Check it out was the big one, yep. Yeah. And that was a kind of comeback album, right? It was, yeah. That's a good album. That is a good album. Wow. Perfect name. Yeah. I thought so. I mean, it it does fit them. Have you guys seen Beastie Boys? Or did you? No. Sadly, no. Never did. I did see them on that tour for the five boroughs they were great and uh and rob actually rob Riccatelli. did you go down to mass we went backstage um where was that yeah i think it was the garden yeah um i brought we brought stuff to get signed it was one of those strict meet and greets where you get a photo but even that was cool you know yeah that is definitely cool i think i've seen that photo actually yeah it's in the nerd <laughs> is it in that book yeah yeah yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah yep it is in there more um, inside jokes for nate and i uh <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at some point when we actually reveal our identities, you guys will see these pictures. <laughs> and the member that passed away is MCA, right? Yep. He always reminded me of uh, on MTV, Kevin Connolly. I had that same. Yeah. Yep. yep. Looked like him a little bit. Yeah. Didn't That's remind great. you of uh, Kurt Loder? A little of that, too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Tabitha Soren. He didn't look like Tabitha Soren. <laughs> Gideon Yego. Gideon Yego. What up, y'all? I'm Sway. Sway's the man. I was always Sway jealous of I was always jealous of Gideon Diego's job growing up. I know, right? It's like, oh, we could have been Gideon like, Diego. What the hell? Who was the guy <laughs> Ian? The metal guy Ian something? Oh, oh yeah. Shit. What the hell was his name? Then there was Matt Pinfield. Matt Pinfield, yeah. yeah. But yeah. there was Ian, the young guy. 
Oh shit! I'm gonna. That's gonna piss me off. I'll look it up while you are revealing your your next one, Twan. Did he do headbanger? Did he do headbanger's ball? Is that the same guy? No. Uh I'm not sure. Oh man. See, we're OGs. We we remember Robinson? back in the '90s. Ian Robinson, maybe. Maybe. There's just Ian. News. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just Ian. <laughs> we'll get we'll get him on the show. We'll get him. On yeah, the show. yeah. We'll find him. We'll find him, and you know he'll be episode twenty five. <laughs> Actually, that's a good segue with Matt Pinfield and Ooh, Ian. Okay. Okay. Yeah, uh, nice. in in the heavier, uh, heavier side of things. So, this band, uh, I'm trying to think of how to describe them without <laughs> spoiling it. Um, thrash metal band. Perfect, perfect band name. <laughs> Metallica. One word. Close. <laughs> oh, okay. Because Metallica is a great name. Yeah, it is. Hmm. You got to give us more, man. They're one of the big four with Metallica. Anthrax? Uh, the other one. Megadeth. The other one. <laughs> oh, <fuck>. <laughs> <laughs> Slayer. Who's the Slayer, yeah. Oh, Slayer's Slayer. a great name. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> You're right. Slayer's a great name. So I thought about this, and I was like, I tried to... Uh, I I feel like with heavy music, it's like that's the that's the genre where the names are so in your face, as we heard last week with yeah. Goat Whore and whatever. <laughs> the other one. And the <laughs> other one. But um, so here's the thing. I I do like Slayer. I I do. I, I, Rain and Blood, Salt of Heaven, classic classic albums. They put out duds in um, Diabolus and Musica, that late '90s album, which was a de- departure for them. And I think they're great, but the name puts them to that next level. So yeah. the question is that I ask myself today is like, would they be a big? Would they be part of that big four without that name? Probably, yeah. But think of this in 2020. Like they they broke up last year. Think of this in 2020. They're so relevant because you can walk into a Newbury Comics and get their T-shirt because the name mm-hmm. and the logo kicks ass and think yeah. of all like the slayer uh tattoos you see on like instagram i'm sure i don't, I don't know if you guys are searching for those but like, <laughs> not typically but i mean every now and then you never know <laughs> yeah but like you go they, on a deep dive a tangent <laughs> they there's so many out there it's because the name it's like what two syllables one word yeah. slayer like it's it's the best it's the, awesome. i think it's the best Actually, Tone, what you said was uh, Metallica. Metallica and Slayer, I think, pound for pound, those are like the best metal metal names. Yeah. Easy easy to digest and just perfect connotation to the genre itself. Yeah. Slayer. I mean, bands like System of a Down, like name themselves a band that start with an S to be placed next to Slayer is what I've read. It's like a deep nerd thing right there. But wow. So, yeah, it shows. It holds I, some weight. I've never heard sure. that. That's amazing. Yeah. And to kind of give your credibility to one to the tattoo thing, I mean, Kerry King's got tattoos on his on his head, right? He's got like those like zigzag bolts and stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> tribal tats. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, they're obviously known as one of the big four of metal and thrash metal, and I don't know. I think they're a fringe band if they have a shitty name. I think they're a fringe big four band if they have a shitty name. Yeah, yeah, they're probably in that second tier if they don't have a a great name. You're right. This elevates them to that that upper echelon, and so does album titles like "Rain, Blood, and South of Heaven." Like "South of Heaven" is so like perfect for a name for a thrash metal band, right? Yeah. Like that. How how you can't you can't beat that? Like 
they're they're obviously talking about hell without saying it. It's perfect. It's just great. Awesome. So they they were good at naming things more than just themselves. It's almost like they earned the name. Like their music is great and they have a great name. But if they're if the band sucked and they had a great name, it's like you're not living up to the your own band name. So they're able to. I mean, that's what the segment's all about. But at the end of the day, right? I was just looking up all their uh, album names, and they have their 2001 release, "God Hates Us All." Um, <laughs> when Might I worked true. at College Radio, the big release, which came out on six six oh six, so June six two thousand six, was "Christ Illusion." Nice. <laughs> and then the two thousand nine release, "World Painted Blood." <laughs> oh man! Yep. So yeah. Slayer's very on. All those names are very on brand with uh yes. with Slayer. Yeah. But yeah, that when we said we were going to do the segment, that was the first band that came to mind. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yep. And you're right. I don't think they're in that. Then the name definitely elevates them to that next tier, yeah. for sure. Because they've had some duds. Like I looked at their um, discog, and uh, I mean, I haven't heard. I have not heard every album, but like that. Diabolus and Music album I definitely heard in the early 2000s it came out in 98 and that's that album stinks. <laughs> and everyone's allowed to to like put out duds but Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Saint Anger. Saint Anger, right? Anger. <laughs> <laughs> we all like Metallica but maybe not that. And honestly, people shit on Load and Reload. I don't actually hate those but that's that's just me. I know, I see that yeah, all the time. Yeah, those are low key really. like not bad, decent, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. We ready for the next one? Yeah. Yeah. Nate, right? Yeah. Is it my turn again? Yeah, it's your turn again. Yeah. Draw it out, bro. There's only Draw three of us, man. Nate's Nate's hints. <laughs> Unless that guy doing work outside wants to come. <laughs> Go um, for it, bro. This one. Um I don't know why it fits. I guess it's because the sound it's a kind of a, a weird uh band in terms of different sounds and vibes and it's hard to throw them into a category but i guess it's like folk music folk music um iron and wine this name if you know the band for whatever reason it fits perfectly it's like it's kind of indie so you got the wine thing going on iron it's obviously something that has a connotation no matter what to like a craft and uh yeah i just really thought ever since i saw the name I was like, I'll check it out. I was a big wine guy at the time. And then I saw the music and I saw him live and they're great live or he's great live. Um, he didn't, he's one of those people that like names the band, not himself. So it seemed more like, you know, confusing and something you want to dig a little bit deeper to figure out. But yeah, he uh, named the band after taking supplements after like filming. I guess he was like filming as like an art student or something. And it was like beef, iron, and wine. And he just took the latter iron and wine and named his band that. But based on how the band sounds, it's like it actually is a good, good fit. Can I stop you for a second? Yeah. Beef and iron, not as good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, anything with beef. It's like, you got beef, bro? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I really, I really like this band. I really like him. And the name just fits. It's like that crafty indie uh hipster type fit that's like all right this is a good fit yeah anything else like like you said beef and wine would be like eh. <laughs> beef and anything you're right it's not gonna yeah. work Tone, remember that band like was it rope and shovel or something that we were yeah we were yeah, ripping that, on? that's yeah that's <laughs> it's not gonna work either that sounds terrible 
the music might be good too, but you got to have a good name, right? Like it, it yeah. does help to have a good name. You can, some people overcome them. We've talked about that in the past, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's got to be an iron and wine does oh, sound. Shovels and right. rope. I'm sorry. Shovels and rope. Shovels and rope. <laughs> um, iron and wine does sound like that type of band that, that indie kind of folky kind of mysterious. I want to know more about this situation for sure. Yeah. The singer has to have a beard with a name oh, like that. Pretty much. And he does. Yeah. And he does. Yeah. He has an epic beard. Yeah, exactly. That's why it fits. It's like all things came together. Iron Wine. That's my band. I'm going to name it Iron Wine. Boom. So, yeah, not a whole lot of backstory on it. Just like it just seemed like it was one it was one of the few that came right to mind. It's like Iron Wine. I don't know why that one works. Because it just works for the sake of its simplicity mm-hmm. and the fact that music isn't really any genre per se. And Iron and Wine are kind of, you know, two edible things. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Did you Some go to iron. that state theater show in like 2011, 2012? Yep. I was there. Yeah. Nice. I was at that one. It was a great show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that that's a state show. He's kind of an out there dude, right? He just like talks about random stuff. So also fitting, right? You got to be a space cadet. You have a name like Iron and Wine. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I do like the the mysterious piece of like, I'm going to name my band, which just me, but I'm going to name the band and like, give it a, give it a name and like make people go digging to figure out how this works. Yeah. Obviously when they go live, you can't just be, it's not just one person. They, if they have other parts of their band and music, then yeah, there'll be other people doing stuff, but um, that's adds to the mystery and adds to the name, I think too. Well, it's a psyche thing because it takes your attention away from an individual and brings it more to a group of people or even beyond that because it's iron and wine it's two tangible things and you're like okay so what's the music rather than like my name is so and so and you're like okay so it's all going to be on you my name is kid (laughs) (laughs) you know what reminds me of is uh city in color yeah uh, i love them too dallas green of alexis on fire and it's just named after dallas city green color city and oh no shit i didn't know that that's awesome I didn't know that. Video Color is awesome. That was a show that was going to happen last this spring, I think, and we didn't get it because of COVID. Fuck, sorry. Yeah. Dude, I saw them, was it last year in Maine when I was home at the State Theater? Yeah, they've come a bunch. They've come a bunch. Yep. You're at the ones one, one, two, two or three years amazing. ago. I love our, uh, City in Color. Yep. He, Dallas Green looks exactly like a friend of ours, too, which is kind of funny. We're like, oh, man, you're you're that City in Color guy. He's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. a good poll, Nate. I, yeah, I like that. I wouldn't have thought of them, much like I didn't think of uh, The Cure. Yep. Cool. All right, am I up? You are up. Yep. So, similar vein to Nate, the band is one person but has a band name. Dashboard Confessional. No. Let's... <laughs> Although he is a band no. now, he is a band. He, yeah, he's back. Yes, you're right. We talked to we talked to his bandmate the other day. Yeah, um, uh, yeah no, it's uh, it's it's all it's similar music. I would put it in that kind of Bonnie indie Bear. Kind of, yep, you got oh, it. Nice Bonnie Bear. Yep, sweet. So, um, do you guys know how the name came about? I have no idea. Yeah. So uh, here, I got it right here. He. We're all about the education here on the pod. Yeah. Here. He. Um. It's Justin Vernon, right? That's he's he's Bonnie Vare. Um. Went back to uh, his dad's cabin in Wisconsin, and started like he got really sick. He had uh, mononucleo- mononucleosis, which is mono, as people know, the kissing disease, hepatitis, 
and he was really sick living in this cabin putting some music together here and there but with the liver situation started watching this show called northern exposure and when it snows in i think alaska well place like that they say bon hiver which is good winter and he just dropped the h because h-i-v-e-r looked like liver and he had liver problems so he was like i'm just gonna drop the h wow so bon hiver is how bon hiver was born and uh it means good winter and and does the name not fit the music perfectly oh perfect yeah like could there i don't think there could be a better i mean justin vernon also would fit that um but you know singer songwriter justin vernon and you know brooding and cold weather and that's up but bonnie bear fits it perfectly and perfectly yeah and they i know you've you've seen them there right i've seen him a few times or them um but yeah, I, the first, it's funny you say that with the winter thing <laughs> what do you think so the first time i heard bon Iver was in the winter and it felt like it just like like it was in maine actually and mm-hmm. I, it was like a really pretty uh, heavy snowfall winter and i was like man this is like almost like was uh painted for this for this picture right now Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that self-titled record. It's one of my favorite records of all time with the song Perth. And Perth, yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's on. And, the, it's already on the list. If you guys, I don't do this very often, but I did put start putting the list together today with my stuff just to make it easier down the road. Don't nice. don't go snooping <laughs> if we're getting ready to record because you might know what my number, my people are. But Holocene. Yeah, uh, I can put that on there. I haven't. I ha- I needed oh. another song, so that will will be the other one probably. The music video for Holocene is one of my favorite cinematography works of art that i've ever seen in my whole life it's just nice. like so beautiful it actually brings me to tears most times i watch it because it's just so well done but the song's so beautiful already yep. agree and i've always just been drawn to someone that has such a good way of putting a visual to a song and that video is just like an absolute masterpiece um i'd recommend anyone to jump on youtube and just like just you know just tune out and just watch that video and it's just so nice it's so cool to see and the music's you know insanely beautiful that um, record's really good i mean yeah. self-titled um, is is my favorite bonnie bear record when going back and listening to them um and we were going to see him in july but yeah and those tickets still they're still postponed so maybe someday not it, to yeah. talk about the care again but <laughs> nate it's not limited to the videos too because the uh blood bank ep has the like i think it has a snow on the cover right yeah i think so and um the song blood bank reference i i I have to look it up but it references winter like it just the visual on the cover matches yes the lyrics i'd have to look it up um that's a great song yep third eye blind covers that song right i don't know they may have yeah yeah just um stephen jenkins covers that um yeah, dude, that's a great, great song, great, great band name. Just, but it's funny you say that his name as a songwriter actually would fit as well. He's just got I think a it good would. name. Justin Vernon's a good name. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So who's Twan? You got number two. Yeah, number two. So I've been kind of wrangling with 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 uh, which one to go first. I'll save the obvious one for last. Okay. And this one might be obvious too, but um, so this one is legacy. Legacy punk hardcore band, I guess. More on the punk side, depending on what era. For me, collectively, given all the ingredients, branding, songs, band members, legacy, they're a top 30 to 40 band for me. The band name elevates them, which I'll I'll get into. 
iconic frontman who a lot of people don't know is the third or fourth frontman for them. And the logo, in my opinion, is the best band logo of all time. Hmm. Is it Black Flag? It is Black Flag. Nice. That fucking band name is perfect. Yeah, it's it awesome. really is. You're right. It's perfect. The logo is perfect. So here's why I, t- I I chose them, and I took a different angle. I chose them because they have iconic albums with Damaged and My War, but they also have a shitload of duds. Like, and uh, it was the punk rock MBA, Finn McKenty. He uh, mm-hmm. did a little segment on them, and they got weird at the end. Black Flag, there's some uh, slip it in and. There's a couple laid out, like, it's just not good. So, like, they're carried by their early catalog, and they're carried by their band name, and they're carried by the logo. Yeah. And Rollins is, like, the third or fourth front man. Like, Keith Morris was the original front man who went on to start Circle Jerks. Rollins is probably the best known, right? For sure. And and, and the best material is with him. Like, Nervous Breakdown was the first EP with Morris, which was great. But then Damage in My War, those full—I mean, th- those are the best albums, I think. Mm-hmm. After that, and Rollins was on a couple other albums, but Rollins is the most known. Yeah. He's but the one I know, and I'm not a huge Black Flag fan. So, But the, you're right. The name is perfect. Um, the the logo is perfect. It it all fits. It's it's great. Oh, man, the four bars. Yeah, the four bars. You go into Newbury Comics, you go into— you know, any downtown LA or wherever on the West coast, you're going to find a black flag tea. And, yeah. um, most people associate them with Rollins. Yep. And they might not know that that was just a portion of, of their time as a band. He was only in the band for like five years. Um, that's it. Yeah. 81 huh. to 86, I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I knew he wasn't the only front man that they had. Um, but I would have thought he'd have been in the band. If you would have, at, if you just said like, "Hey Tony, when was uh, Henry Rollins in Black Flag?" I would have been like, "I don't know, eighty-seven to ninety-three. That would have been my guess. So, yeah, ninety-five. You know, something like that." But like, there. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's it's their name and logo that keep them relevant in twenty twenty. Agreed. It's not the catalog because the cattle the good, the good part of the catalog is. Is pretty small, and that's coming from someone who loves them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've, uh, I think, they outkicked their coverage. <laughs> to quote uh, Matt Berry, uh, fantasy football <laughs> fanatics out there, but no, it's a good call. It's like the name, the logo, and their legacy based on like a time period. It's like Faith No More with like Mike Patton, you know, or Dillinger's Dillinger Escape Plan. You know, when they had a good run of albums, but they both they weren't always good, and they weren't always like. And actually, they're pretty solid. But um, calculating but yeah, infinity, that, that that album's perfect. Miss Machine, yeah, that album's good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, any record store you go to, it's like Ramones T-shirts, Black Flag T-shirts, Pink Floyd T-shirts. There's like a staple, like twenty bands that like it would be a mistake for the record store not to carry that. In fact, I bought a Black Flag poster at Amoeba before it closed. Nice. Um, I haven't well, stored yet. Mark talked about them playing there. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, I think right. I've, uh, th- yeah. if you go back to our um, yeah, yeah, episode yeah. seven with Mark Mark of Amoeba, he put he talked about that. And it, if you go to the YouTube page, there's I, I did find a picture from that for the video. Um, but yeah, he talked about that, and didn't it he was have three singers or something. Say again. Didn't he have like two or three singers all be 
Yeah, I think up. he did. Yeah, it sounded wow. like it. And that's he, rare he, because I don't I don't think they coexist. Um, don't quote me on that, but the the picture was cool because it was just a bunch of people. Um, I'll try to find it again and tweet it out. But yeah, it, he uh, that just you're right. Now you go into any record store, there's Black Flag stuff because there needs to be because people buy it still today in 2020. So when they can go to the record store, that's that's one that I don't know. I, I I don't like to be a hater, but some of those late albums stink. That <laughs> happens, though. I mean, it especially does. a band that's been around for forty years. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, in a weird way, I'm happy you say they stink because Black Flag came to San Diego last winter. They were, actually, I think it was just called Flag. Yes. Right. Yep. Okay, so they had to remove Black for copyright or whatever. Um, but it had the logo or whatever. I'm like, cool. I'm gonna see some old songs, and I didn't go. But I'm assuming it wasn't gonna be that. Maybe it wasn't gonna be that great because, well without Rollins and I mean, they're kind of older now. I don't really know how that would tra- and how to transpire, but I think it's one of those things where half the members tore off black flag. The other half tours off flag. And it's just like, Oh, well, it's almost a cover band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You just find some guy in the crowd to <laughs> sing and <laughs> it's like karaoke. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, uh, we're going to play at, uh, what's that little bar that you would, you have near you, Nate, that little like, tavern oh, belly, belly, belly up. up yeah we're at belly up tonight it's just flag though so we need a lead singer <laughs> oh yeah. man well it kind of goes back to the merch thing because that black flag poster i don't want to call it amoeba right now but i'm going to i'm pretty <laughs> sure the poster <laughs> the poster i got was non-authorized so it's a black it was a um counterfeit poster like it was uh not coming from the licensed you see like this is a nerd thing but if you go that to happens the, all over the poster place, right yeah. you see the copyright and usually there's copyright black flag copyright whatever um distributor they're going through this one is just like blank and I'm like okay and it was kind of like uh not so clear it's kind of like a fuzzy poster so it was also in a street amoeba sale so i think like they were it's a third party thing so yeah. maybe maybe they wanted it that way wouldn't that be punk to not have the copyright black flag in the bottom <laughs> right corner isn't that anti-establishment <laughs> No, for sure. But I'm just thinking, yeah, like, that's that's yeah. why they're touring now. Don't, don't as shit flag. on Amoeba. <laughs> we love Amoeba. <laughs> no, I'm saying Black Flag's touring because they're not even getting the royalties off that. So they're like, oh shit, we sold all these posters and T-shirts. We're not getting a penny off this. We have to tour. <laughs> all right, Nate, you ready for your last one? All right, yeah, yeah. This one is as simple as it gets. The simplest band name of all time. Any guesses? Simple Plan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh no, I know. No. Saliva. Nope. Saliva's not going in the playlist. Dishwalla. No. Nope. All right. Go ahead. Tell us. What is it? What is one it? more hit. One more hit. Come on. Yeah. Give us another hit. Um, They're old school. Pretty old. Really old. <laughs> it's an OG. OG. <laughs> an OG. Not the 90s. Here you are again on a Friday night with Nate's hints. <laughs> <laughs> not the 90s. All right. Give it to us, man. The name of the band is The Band. Oh, oh wow. that actually is a great name for a band. I'm not gonna lie, it's a great name for the band, and it fits them perfectly because they are the band. It's almost like the, I just was just up in Lake Tahoe and uh, in this old like cottage from like the '40s or whatever, and they had like movie rentals on VHS. So I rented The Big Lebowski. I'm like, oh, the dude. So this is like the band, and it's like I look at it. It's like, yeah, they are the band. They're just yep. that band. Yep. They fit that perfectly, and it's like the simplest name. It's like the Who or Guess Who. It's like no, they are the band. And we have that famous, you know, farewell film, The Last Waltz, which if anyone hasn't seen that, it's really cool. But yeah. And the first time I heard 
heard the band I remember thinking oh this music's really cool like what's the name of them and it's like the band and I think I remember as a kid or as a child thinking that's like a really dumb name because it's just like gonna get lost easy and it's just and it's, there's no personality to it and the more the older that I get I'm like no man that's perfect because the band it's like the dude like they are the band they're the one they do it perfectly and uh you know it's just kind of like sing-along jam songs and whatnot and uh originally they were called the hawks but they ended up working with bob dylan and uh i guess like journalists and whatever they didn't have a name at the time so all the journalism and everything out there just called them the band as like kind of a placeholder and uh the the band couldn't agree with an agree to an, a band name so they just stuck with what the media was calling them as the band so i'm not sure if that was uh you know kind of coming off of playing live like bob dylan and the band sometimes you see something like a solo artist and their band uh, unlike tom petty and the heartbreakers like they just called the band um, so they stuck with it and i don't know why i just i feel like it fits perfectly i agree it's, it's early on too like that band comes around today it's like oh you're being weird like you're just gonna call yourselves the band like so this doesn't true work. oh my god right? that's so true but yeah. if it's 1965 or whatever, they're like, oh, man, that actually that kind of works. There's only a handful of them kicking around. And and the way that it came about, Nate, the way you explain that, that makes sense. I, we couldn't we couldn't come up with anything. There's so many people on stage. Let's just stick with what they're calling us. We're the band. Yeah, we're the band. It just seemed very stoner. Like, yeah, the band. Yeah. Everyone's calling us the band. Let's just be the band. All right. We're the band. I only Pretty know cool. one song, The Weight. That's the only song yeah. I've ever heard by them. Uh, Song. And actually, I have their greatest hits because of that Great song. song. Nice. They yeah, cover, they do an amazing Bruce Springsteen Atlantic City cover. Check that out. I might nice. maybe it'll be on the playlist. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Spoiler. Yep. No, that that's a good one, Nate. Especially because it fits it fits them really well, and it fits them really well because of the time frame. So it's like a yeah. double layer as far as why that band name is perfect. It's a reminder to not overcomplicate things. It's like yep, we're the band. Why like, aren't why they just to be banned yeah. then? Yeah, get rid of the one. the. <laughs> well, the other reason why a band in this era wouldn't, I mean, they would never call themselves the band, is like, imagine trying to find them online. Mm-hmm. You type in oh, the yeah. band shows. It's like you get the most, who knows what you yeah. would get. I just tried to, and I got all kinds of crap. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Uh, I, you guys know who the band is. Come on. <laughs> Google needs to like fix their algorithm or something. Uh, Instagram does too, by the way. <laughs> They all do. They're all they're all sideways. That's a good one, Nate. I like that one. It just made me think when you're typing in band names in Google and stuff, and you have to write whatever the band name is, and you actually have to write the band after it. Yeah, mm-hmm. always. You know, yeah, like, like brand new, brand new band. And even then, you don't get them. You don't get Not them. always, yeah. 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 And tagging stuff on Instagram for our social media and stuff, it's like sometimes you have to write, what did I do last time? Terror or something. It's like terror, the band. Like, yeah. Not right. terror, like some like. Group or something. <laughs> yeah, right. They're not that. They're just a band. They're the band. Yeah. Cool. All right. Am I up? Yeah. Yep. Last one. Um, this is a two-person group. They are not just music. They've done some other stuff, namely one of the guys, but both of them have been in movies and other music videos with other bands and um, HBO series. Uh, one one of them got very big in movies, uh, early two thousands, and it's still I w- you could still call him a movie star today. Thirty seconds to Mars. That's a good guess. I don't like the name, so no. Me either. I was like, oh, I'm yeah. surprised they chose that. Uh, think of they're more comedy than they are music. Lonely Island. Tenacious D. 
Ooh, Tenacious D, yes. Lonely Island's yeah, great, that too. That's a, a great name. That but it's a great horrible. name. I do like them. Uh, and your Andy Samberg is a big movie star. He just put a big movie out. So, no, it's Tenacious D, Jack Black, Kyle Gass. Um, they're, they've been around for, geez, 25 years, I think. Um, the way that the, the only the first song they ever wrote was in 1994. It was Tribute, which we've all heard before. Um, at, they, at the time, I thought, for the longest time, I thought Tribute was for um, Stayway to Heaven. Yes. And it mm-hmm. does have the same structure as Stayway to Heaven, but it was not for that. It was actually for Metallica's One. Which is kind oh, of a yeah. Yeah, little nerd tidbit that I found. Wow. Um, they they were in a comedy troupe together, traveled, didn't like each other at first, became a very good friends, obviously, and they're still a band technically today. To today, um, they Jack has been in a bunch of movies. Jack Black has been in a bunch of movies. Um, Kyle's been in those movies too, in bit parts, but like big movies like Shallow Hal and stuff like that. Jack has also been in the Learning to Fly, Foo Fighters video. Oh, yeah. They're both cleaning yep. the plane. Which oh, is kind of cool. That's right. Yeah. yeah, and they're they're tight with Dave Grohl. He's the demon in a lot of their videos where the demon shows up, like tribute or the movie The Pick of Destiny, which is terribly awesome. I don't know if you yeah. if either of you have seen that. It's a great movie, but it's also yeah. terrible. It's been years. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, they the first Tenacious D album is awesome, and Tenacious D is a fucking awesome name. That is an, it's an awesome, awesome name. name. It is. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, kind of getting back to. Um, like the cure and whatnot, like without those names, they wouldn't be what they are. I mean, all these yeah. bands, I mean, well, not all of them, but a lot of them. Tenacious D. Do we know the history yeah. on it? Yeah. So they, they weren't Tenacious D to start. They were, um, man, they were a bunch of stuff. They were pets or meat. They were Balboa's biblical theater. They were the Axe Lords featuring Gorgazon's mischief. Obviously those names all suck. And I don't think if they go with one of those, they're still here today, right? They're no, probably yeah. not still. But Tenacious D. Um, so they went to a comp- their first show. They played a couple covers, and then they played tribute, and they like pulled the audience those four names and th- those three names in Tenacious D. And Tenacious D didn't win, but they were like, "We're gonna go with Tenacious D," and that's how they became Tenacious. D. Do we know what the D is? Defense. Tenacious D. It's like basketball. <laughs> Just playing Tenacious defense. That's what it comes from. Yeah, and they were no friends one. with David Cross. They were on the, the um, Mr. Show with with Bob and David. Oh yeah, on HBO back oh, in the so day. And that's how good. they ended up getting their own HBO show, was because Jack and Kyle did some stuff on that show as well. Good poll. That's awesome. Yeah, that's sweet. I mean, I just like the word tenacious. That's one of those words that I always have in my head, like ready to throw out if I'm like, you know, interviewing or something. Like, ah, so I want to I want to use that word tenacious. It's like in the bank is like a sweet word. So to have it as a band name, it's pretty badass. Well, we haven't talked a ton about merch tonight, but like, I'd wear a Tenacious D T-shirt. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that's not that's awesome. That's just a great name. Did you meet them at uh, Bull Moose Music? No. Meet and greet. No. No, I was outside. I, I didn't get in. Yeah. Yeah. They were opening for. That's a, a show regret for me. You have what? I, I was at that the the meet and greet. Yeah. Nice, yeah. dude. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, a sh- that's a show regret. That that show. That's the one I didn't get to. Weezer and them and uh, Jimmy Jimmy World. World. Yeah, all, I love all three of those bands. I didn't go. Sure. The logistics of that show were a, a kind of a shit show. There was such a huge line. I think they just like probably didn't have enough ticket takers, so most of the crowd missed Jimmy Eat World. Ugh, I think we sucks. came in for like Bleed American and the la- or and the middle. And that's for Bleed American, right? Yeah. They're touring off that. Yeah. Ugh, I think uh, probably missed the middle at, at the end of their. S- no, probably caught the middle at the end of their set. Ugh. 
Yeah, I missed Jimmy Eat World on that show. I saw Tenacious, and I actually didn't go into that Bull Moose meet and greet because of that line you're talking about was wrapped around the block. The Civic Center, right? Yeah. yeah. That was, I think we've mentioned this before because uh, we've talked about this show before, but a, a high school friend of ours went to that meet and greet and signed a bowling pin and gave it to them. Tenacious D. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You remember Dan? Dan R? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he instead of asking for things signed, he signed a bowling pin and gave it to them. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I yeah. didn't know that. You didn't know that? No. Oh, I feel like I told I told that story already. No, okay, so that happened. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> and if you know Dan, that makes complete sense. It does he's one of the funniest people? Maybe he's so the funniest. Funny. Yeah. He might be the funniest person I've ever met in my life. He is hysterical. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Twan, what's yours? So this one. I don't think we'll chat much about it because it's kind of one of those like mic drop situations where like, I know you guys wanted you. I mean, they're in your wheelhouse like for this segment, but you probably figured the other person would pick them. Nineties. I got, I got nothing. Nineties. Are they OGs? Nineties. <laughs> OGs. A lot of lineage with, um, counterculture music know, reunion man. 2020. We only talk about them every week. Do we really? Shit. We talk a lot, man. <laughs> I don't know, Nate. Do you? Reunion. Tool? Harvard no, University. What is it? I don't, I don't know, man. Tell us. Rage. Oh. oh yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Hell yeah. I feel like it's the part. I mean, it. It. it's it, it's their music on steroids, I feel like, the how name. Did, how did neither of us come up with that? I don't that? know. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. We talk about them every week. We fucking love that band. It's one of the reasons we're all friends. Like, oh, what man. the fuck? It's all why. Right, it, it's why I was like, you know what? This will be kind of the mic drop at the end of the episode. Like, it, <laughs> it's the perfect name. It is. Like the name is why I had a long sleeve T-shirt of theirs in '99 as a freshman. Like, I love the music, but if they were called like Weezer, I'm not buying their shit. <laughs> what about just Weez we- minus the R? Ween. If they were called Ween, I'm yeah, not ween. buying yeah, their that. Yeah, that would work too. No, you're right. That's a. It, it is perfect. It it makes it fits the music because the music is about raging against the machine. Yep. Um, it's kind of funny that that was never a band name before them. Mm-hmm. It's not like yeah. they're super old. I mean, they're they're 25 years old, but it's not like they're 27 or eight, whatever it is. But it's not like they were the first counterculture, first protest type music to come out. I'm kind of shocked that that didn't happen beforehand, but. It fits them perfectly. The name is a inside out unreleased song. Yep. Mm. So they Zach was just probably like, All right, this name is awesome. Yeah. Let's awesome. take advantage of it type of thing. Yep. That was his first band, right? Inside Out. Uh first or, or second. Band before. Yeah. yeah. Band before Rage. Yeah, I think he was in hard stance first. It's one of those names that's long but like doesn't seem long. Rage against the machine. Like it has to be that long for mm-hmm. it to make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't be simplified. Because, like, there's other four-word band names, like Pigeons Playing Ping Pong. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rage Against the Machine. Very similar, but also... Rage Against the Machine. Right, yeah. Which, uh, Nate in uh, the Carolinas, I'm a Pigeons Playing uh, Ping Pong fan now. Are you? Yeah. I listened to them... That Ghostbusters track is awesome. I listened to them on my uh, dog walk uh, last night or two nights ago, and it kind of puts you in a vibe. Like, if the sun was setting... Yep. I'm decompressing from the day. And the name like wildly 
kind of works. It does. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I'm back. I, I did the same thing, man. I was like, I don't know, whatever, Nate, cool, whatever. And then I was like, all right, I'll listen to a little. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. He's right. <laughs> Stop <laughs> stereotyping. Hey, they played Port City Music Hall. <laughs> they Shout did. Out. We should have gone. He told me to go, and it was it just didn't work out. Damn. Um, work wise, I would think I was at work till like ten that night, so there's no chance of me getting there. But I was like, that would be cool. I actually would go see a live uh, jam band show like that for sure, especially in a small venue like that. Yeah. So Damn. not to bring everybody down at the end. Yeah, Port City closed. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, but, I was gonna say pigeons playing ping pong is stealing raging against the machine's thunder right now. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. Yeah. Well, hey, four four forward names, man. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. The mic drop on this episode is definitely Rage Against the Machine. It is probably the best name for the music. And the fit and the feel of all of it, it just go go watch any of the videos that have been popping up online recently. It's just perfect. Yeah, yeah. They're the only band I can think of that like the name of the band, the songs of the band, and the energy vibe of the band is consistent through and through. Yeah. Because I was trying to think of another band name that like people usually have a connotation to, which is System of Down. They have music that are politically charged, but that's not all they are. They have music about they have music about. And pretty much every subject, which is why they're cool. Um, but you think System of a Down, you're like, oh, is this also Rage Against the Machine? But it's just not. I was going to say, some... is System of a Down the Armenian Rage Against the Machine? Yeah. You think it, I think as an outsider, you think it is. And then kind you of hear songs. Then you hear there's songs. other ones too, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's other ones that ever, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. There's other songs that talk about just the most random shit. Nate, so, what, about, uh, what about lettuce? How do they stack up in terms of uh, <laughs> the name fitting the sound? And, uh... kinda, that's actually perfect. Yeah. <laughs> They're another one that, that also fits. <laughs> Speaking of jam bands, yeah. Rage Against the Machine and jam bands was. in the same segment, guys. I mean, come on. And The Cure. <laughs> and The Cure, yeah. And Tenacious D. I mean, we're all over the And Beastie Boys, we're all over the map. This is what we do. A band. So we'll, we'll, band, uh, yeah. we'll repeat this segment for sure because I get... I got several names on deck, mm-hmm. and I think they would have hit equally as good as some of these. Agreed. Me too. Yeah. So that's it for tonight. Yeah, we can wrap it there. Um, check the socials at Podio Slave uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Email us if you want. You got ideas. You got segments. You got bands you like. Whatever. Just throw it out there. We have a. We do have an idea for a mini segment that's going to get the listeners involved. So check uh, if you if you follow us on Instagram. We have a, a, a decent amount of followers. There. Check that re- soon. We may throw that up on there and see if we can't get a little fan interaction um and a tiny segment that we're going to throw together um that might happen in the fa- fairly near future and then we get a couple an interview or two percolating hopefully um you'll catch us again next week um maybe two weeks from now we have an interview set up so uh yeah that's cool i appreciate that, that was a, fun, a lot of fun guys i think what we found is like a lot of the good segments are repeatable um because it really makes you think and this was no exception Definitely. Yeah, no, absolutely. Rage Against the Machine. I think that that is a mic drop. That's the best one. That might be the best band name of all time, possibly. It's up there, yeah. Yeah. I have another one that could contend, but I'll save it. (laughs) Save it, yeah. Don't tell us. Don't tell us. (laughs) It's always fun to react to, like I I not not knowing what you guys are coming to the table with. It's always fun to like we have an idea, but I'm like, oh I'm not gonna pick that one because Nate might pick that one. That's cool. It's fun. That's funny because we both prob- probably or all of the three of us had things written down. We're like, no, you're going to do it, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we did, and they'll come up at some point, right? I mean, they're, they're there. We're going to do them. But... Yeah. Cool. No one picked, yeah. No, no one picked the band. Just good. <laughs> no, no one picked Tenacious D. No, I did. <laughs> I guess. All right. Well, check us next week, guys. We'll be back next week with a new one. Sounds good, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Peace, everyone. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, everyone.